We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shadi once pulled off an absolute magic trick when he convinced Eric DaCosta to turn down several NFL GM jobs and wait five years to take over at GM after Ozzie Newsome stepped down. Well, with the growing popularity of defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, some Ravens fans are sending a message to Bashadi. They want to see the Ravens owner Capture lightning in a bottle again, but this time at head coach. Can it be done? I'll break it all down ahead. I'm Sarah Ellison riding solo with my partner and co-host Bobby Trossett on vacation in Europe during this bye week. It is Thursday, November 30th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault presented by our friends at GEHA. Now we all know that Justin Matabike keeps cha-chinging that cash register every time he steps on the field. And Adam Schefter of ESPN, he revealed what's been going on with contract negotiations behind the scenes between Beaks and the Ravens front office. And then finally, is it time to make a change in the running back rotation given the emergence of undrafted rookie Keaton Mitchell? I have all of that and more coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and my opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, so the popularity of defensive coordinator Mike McDonald is off the charts. Uh, I mean, there's been popular coaches before. Mike McDonald is right up there with them all. Now, I'd love to give credit to whoever made this. I don't know who it was. It randomly was, was kind of going around. I kind of just want to demonstrate how loved Mike McDonald is. So somebody put this together uh, with the old Adam Sandler from Billy Madison. Don't you say that. Don't you ever say that. Stay here. Stay as long as you can. All right, so for the audio-only people, that was a picture of Mike McDonald, one of the classic ones where it kind of looks like he's showing off those guns, not of important and whatnot. And it said, you know, 
when Mike McDonald jokes about leaving and then it's Adam Sandler, don't, don't you say that? Don't you stay here. You stay here. So fans, every time I tweet about Mike McDonald, it's always pretending, oh, he's terrible. He's terrible. Other teams don't want him. Um, and even it's not just fans. So here's one of your defensive leaders, Marlon Humphrey on his show, Fruit Punch. And uh, he was joking, of course, but here's what he had to say to do whatever it takes to make sure that no other NFL team would want to have Mike McDonald. Oh, no, Mike's guilty. <laughs> Mike's guilty. <laughs> Mike's guilty. <laughs> Mike's guilty. All right, coach. You don't even know what he did, I, but he's guilty. I don't, know, I don't know what he did. He's guilty. He did that crap. Um, he, he did that crap. He's guilty. Whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes for other NFL franchises to not want to come after Mike McDonald at the end of this season. All right. So uh, I, something tells me that these um, – you know, guilt jokes and begging him to stay won't quite have uh, the effect that we're all hoping for, right? Wanting to to kind of keep him here. So what could happen though, our begging won't do it. Pretending he's guilty of something won't do it. There was a while ago, Bobby and I were having a conversation of, is there any way the Ravens could protect Mike McDonald to stop him? There's no franchise tag, right? With coaches, there's nothing like that. And I had mentioned kind of in passing that maybe he could, Steve Bichetti could pull off a deal like he put together with Eric DaCosta. But Spencer Schultz, who has uh, been on the show before, uh, he tweeted that same sentiment. I was kind of saying in passing, but now, now that we're in the bye week, I try, I try to focus on the week at hand. Now that we're in the bye week, we can kind of take a step back and look at some of these things. And Spencer Schultz, who's been on the show, uh, tweeted this after the last win over the Chargers. He says, it's almost 24 hours later, and I still feel this way. Letting Mike McDonald walk this offseason might be a generational blunder. Not only is he at the cutting edge of defensive football at the NFL level, he seems genuinely appreciated by his players. He's low-key, professional, and self-made. The Ravens loaned him to Michigan for a year, and he ran a buzzsaw through OSU and broke a six-year losing streak. If I'm the Ravens, I'm ensuring he's one of the highest-paid coordinators in football and knows he's next in line with the timeline. John Harbaugh has done a ton for the Baltimore Ravens, but Mike McDonald very well may be too good to let go. If that's not good enough for him, I'm ready to make the move. So, um, all right. There's a ton to break down here. First of all, this, this formula. Okay. I, I quote retweeted, um, Spencer, when he put this out, listen, this formula of like paying him like he's a head coach, paying him as the most, uh, highest paid defensive coordinator. Certainly Steve Bashotti could do that. And I know that because he's done it before. We know that he did that with Eric DaCosta and Ozzie Newsom. In fact, I went back and I picked the press conference. This was after the 2017 season, so going into 2018. 
and Steve Bashotti made the announcement. Ozzy, uh, no, but <clears throat> there's a caveat with Ozzy. Um, we uh, had talked after the 14 after the 13 season, uh, and it was about Eric and Ozzy agreed to uh, redo his contract uh, for a five-year extension in which case he would turn over the 53 to Eric, and that's a year away. So um, Ozzy uh, will step down as GM and has assured me that he's not going anywhere and that he will uh, work with me and work with Eric uh, for a smooth transition, and he'll be the uh, highest paid uh, scout in, uh, in America when uh when eric takes over next year so okay so what steve bashotti just explained there and what he actually pulled off not enough people uh, talked about that what he pulled off was absolutely a magic trick it was lightning in a bottle eric DaCosta probably turned down 10 or so openings from around the league to convince somebody, A, to wait not like a few months, even a year, five years, five years. And then that's just on Eric DaCosta's end. You were able to get him to want to wait, but then you had to time that up with a man who's a Hall of Fame player, and if he was allowed to be in the Hall of Fame twice, probably also would have gone into the Hall of Fame again as a front office executive. He was the first GM of the Ravens since the inception. We can go through everything. He's a legend. He's a legend. So to get Eric DaCosta to wait and then to get Eric, Ozzie Newsome to step down at a certain time and then also, also not only just step down, but still stay within the organization. How many people are willing to give up power? Like I'd give up power, but then you'd want to move on and not see it. No, he's still in the organization. He's exactly what... Bashadi said he's the highest paid scout. Now, I have a feeling they give a little bit more credence and ask for a little bit more advice than just some, you know, who's who's looking good. He knows how to construct a roster throughout free agency and whatnot. So the fact that Steve Bashadi has pulled off essentially two GMs for decades is absolutely incredible. And to be fair, to expect that again, say like with Mike McDonald. Uh, that would be an unfair expectation. Now, can you ask? Sure, sure. Especially if you're in love with Mike McDonald. Now, here's the thing. Here's some questions, though, to this, to this scenario. Okay, number one. Say, like, we come up with this five-year scenario like they did. Um, actually, let's do four years. Because in four years, John Harbaugh will be 65 years old. 65 years old. Will he be ready to step down at 65 years old? That's actually older than what Ozzy was when he stepped down. Okay, so if he did was here for another four years, he'd be coaching through through 2027. So Mike McDonald wouldn't take over until 2028. We're sitting here closing out the 2023 season. Uh, I don't know. Eric DeCosta did it, but does that mean Mike McDonald would? Okay. Well, let's go another step forward. John Harbaugh's current contract runs through 2025. Okay. So let's say, let's say, does Steve Bashotti love Mike McDonald the way 
Spencer Schultz does. Um, would you try to make the change in 2025? That's a little bit maybe more doable for somebody like Mike McDonald if he wants to be a head coach quickly. So that would put Harbaugh at 63. Mike McDonald would be just 38. Uh, and at that point, Harbaugh would have coached just 18 years. So I don't know. If I'm Harbaugh, I'm like, I don't know. I think I want to make it 20. And then if if Mike did wait till 2028, then he'd be 40. Still a very young head coach. So that's one question. Is John Harbaugh ready to step down in the next three to five years? Number two is, does, does John, does Steve Bashotti think as highly of McDonald as Spencer does, which I said, but does he like McDonald so much that maybe he wouldn't care what Harbaugh wants, whether Harbaugh's in it or out? Would he be like, all right, John, I'm proposing to maybe at 2025, you step down. And then Mike McDonald and John Harbaugh says, no, I want to keep coaching. Sure. Bashadi can say, all right, well, I'm going to move on anyway. John Harbaugh would get another head coaching position in the NFL at the, at the, I mean, before I could even blink. I mean, hands down, it would be easy. Now, I don't know Steve Bashotti perfectly well, but I have interviewed him and I have interviewed him extensively about John Harbaugh for the last podcast I did when I was working at the team. He really likes John Harbaugh. I don't think that he would force it upon John Harbaugh, barring just a catastrophe. But his head coach has his team at number one in the AFC <laughs> and they've sustained plenty of injuries and kept going. Now, is that all because of John Harbaugh? Obviously not. The players have been playing fantastic. Eric DaCosta put together a great roster. Uh, but I don't know that you're really forcing a hand as an owner um, when, you're, when your head coach has, has your team number one in the AFC. And, of course, we'll s still see what happens. But I think barring a complete meltdown, I don't think, I don't think Steve Bashotti would, would push, push Harbaugh out the door. Okay. The last question. Does Mike want to wait like DaCosta did? There's some similarities between these two, okay? Eric was brought up through the Ravens, cut his teeth with the Ravens, same with, with Mike. Eric DaCosta was part of that, as we know, the 2020 team. So meaning they had 20 scouts that started, I think, some of, I think many of them came from Cleveland, some of them were here, and they got 20,000 a year. That was the 2020 team. That was in 1996. And so Ozzy taught all these guys, including Eric, how, how things were done the Raven way, especially as scouts. Same thing with Mike. He started as an intern on John Harbaugh's staff. John has sort of trained him to cut his teeth in the Ravens, lent him out to, to Jim in Michigan for a year, but he's cut his teeth here. Both Mike and Eric DaCosta have wives that are local to the area. Um, Stephanie McDonald um, not as close to Baltimore, but I believe she was born in Annapolis, went to school in Fairfax, Virginia, but she was a former NFL cheerleader, including at the Ravens, several other places too. She's been around. She seems, uh, I've been, I've listened to her on a podcast before. She seems like she's willing to move around. So I don't know how much she absolutely needs to stay in Baltimore, but they do have local ties. They're closer to family in Baltimore. And then the last question for, for Mike is, does he value continuity and stability because that would be the pitch from Steve Bashotti to Mike. If Steve wants him that badly, we're just making an assumption that he does. We don't know yet. He, we're making an assumption that he thinks that Mike McDonald is going to be as good of a head coach as he, as he is a defensive coordinator. And let's be honest. We've seen a lot of 
coaches who were coordinators become head coaches and they're just not as good as being a head coach as they are as a coordinator. So does Steve Bashotti see Mike as a head coach? I mean, seems I mean, he's young. Seems like he's, as, as Spencer said, seems like he's likable, all that kind of stuff. He's not as, um, and maybe it's just because he's not a head coach yet. He's not as um, articulate as, say, like a John Harbaugh or a Brian Billick or some of the other head coaches you see out there, but maybe he he could become that. Maybe he just tries to stay kind of quiet. He's not very transparent, you know, just pretty, pretty low key, pretty low key. So the last question is, is one way that in addition to the money that he was spending paying, paying um, Eric DaCosta, I went back and I saw this old story. I remember this because I was covering the team at the time, but this quote was used as a headline. Steve Bashotti, I have two GMs and everybody knows it. And in that story, he kind of explains how he got Eric to stay. I'll just read this to you. Bashotti estimates that DaCosta could have chosen between 10 different NFL jobs over the last five or six years. That's how many teams have that's how many teams have come and asked for his services. Shotty was also quick to point out, however, that seven of those 10 general manager managers have already been fired. And think about it. You go across the NFL, there's very few franchises that have the stability that the Ravens have. The Steelers have it, but we know the Browns don't. We've seen the Jets. We've seen so many different places where guys are let go so quickly. So, you know, Steve Bashotti could pitch to Mike, hey, listen, you could go out and get one of these other jobs, or you could wait a couple more years. I'll pay you like you're a head coach. And you're going to have stability. You're going to have John backing you. Who knows? Maybe John would go into a role like Ozzy where it's an advisor. But you're going to you're gonna have me backing you. You're going to have Eric DaCosta. You're going to have a great front office working with you. Again, even if you're a head coach elsewhere and you get to stay a couple years, are you going to have an Eric, are you going to have an Eric DaCosta and an Ozzy Newsom? scouting players for you. So that's a pitch. Now he, then he says, quotes, the Steve Bishotti's talking. I think that's where Eric would say he has his patience because we promote continuity. Eric, or excuse me, because we promote continuity, Eric can afford to be patient. He wouldn't be patient if he were turning people over. If we were turning people over all the time, if he wasn't patient, I would have gotten rid of Ozzy seven years ago and hired Eric. And Eric would have been out four years ago. And I would have had somebody else sitting up there. So it sounds like he would have moved on from Ozzy just to make sure he wouldn't lose Eric. But he figured out how to get the best of both worlds. So that's kind of the pitch. That's what fans, segment of fans definitely want. If you go into the comments with, with, with uh, Spencer Schultz, vast majority of them are agreeing they do not want to see Mike McDonald, go. Expect that. That would be a tough. It's to do it again would be tough. There's what does John want? What does Mike want? Are they going to be the same as Ozzy and all that? We don't know that. So it's a request to Steve Bashotti. Who knows? Maybe he's already started that process, or maybe not at all. But uh, that's just one way he can maybe keep Mike McDonald. All right, we're going to get into, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Eric DaCosta. There's been some some nice words from, from um, Adam Schefter, Rich Eisen, about how well the Ravens have governed this offseason. But before I get into that, I need to give you a message from our sponsor, GEHA. 
For over 86 years, GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, has offered medical and dental benefits designed to meet the unique needs of federal employees and retirees, military retirees, and their families. With over 2 million members and growing, GEHA continues to serve those members and families who serve all of us every day. GEHA, Government Employees Health Association, your friend in federal since 1937. We know federal because we only provide benefits for federal. Federal Drive is presented by GEHA, Government Employee Health Association, proudly providing health and dental benefits for federal employees and their families for 86 years. Visit GEHA.com. All right. So speaking of keeping Eric DaCosta, always seems like it was a wise, wise move. Uh, I saw this tweet last week from or after the Chargers game from one Rich Eisen. He says the Ravens have pushed nearly every button right. From Todd Munkin at OC, drafting flowers, paying Lamar Jackson, and even turning down their buy after a London visit, they wisely started early that week. They've only lost, they've lost only once since London and hit their buy now as the only nine-win AFC team. Now he's not the only one giving love. Here is Adam Schefter on his podcast. On everything right. Like it is unbelievable how they just seem to keep rolling along every single year. Lamar Jackson, the contract's up in the air. He wants to be traded. They get the deal done. And they quietly go and have a great offseason, right? They add Odell Beckham in part because he's Odell Beckham and he's a great player, but in part because it was going to help entice Lamar Jackson to come back to Baltimore, which it did. Sure. Lamar resigns. Odell has been a good player for them. They draft Zay Flowers, who looks electric out there. Mm -hmm. The defense adds Jadevian Clowney. Jadevian Clowney is having a breakout season. He looks like he was born to play in this Ravens defense. And it really is, uh, has been an incredible offseason if you think about how nerve wracking it was around Baltimore last March not knowing if Lamar was going to come back. He's asking for a trade. I mean, who, but oh my gosh, it really started in January. EDC signed Roquan Smith to a five-year extension. Oh, let's not overlook in January, in March, he resigned Geno Stone. Kind of a big deal that he did that, uh, leading the, the league in interceptions. Oh, you could also overlook the signing of Nelson Aguilar. He's not like a world beater, but he's definitely found his spots here and there that he's come up big. As they both mentioned, wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Then just a few days later, after that, no coincidence, Lamar Jackson re-signed five-year, and then just, oh, the weight off of the shoulders in Baltimore. Oh, after you got Odell and now Lamar. Oh, and then EDC kept cooking. That's when he brought in Zay Flowers. Oh, and he re-signed as a, as a backup, Tyler Huntley. Oh, oh, after he got Zay Flowers, he went out, EDC and his staff. Oh, they just went out and got undrafted rookie Keaton Mitchell, who's like, we're going to talk about in a minute, a bit, acting like RB1 right now. Oh, let's not overlook Ronald Darby, who's been a revelation every time Marlon Humphrey goes down. I mean, talk about 
Then there comes Jadavian Clowney, which he talks about $2.5 million for a dude who just had two forced fumbles. <laughs> Who's like playing with his light, his, his hair's on fire. 2.5 million. I need somebody to look up how many, how many sacks he's getting per, how much it's, it's costing per sack. Cause I guarantee it's a lot less than some of these wildly played pass rushers. And then, oh, let's not forget, all the way in September, 927, picked up Kyle Van Noy. I mean, get out of town, Eric DaCosta. Get out of town. Here's what's also crazy. This is transitioning into my next little section here. Do you know what he tried to do on top of all that? But we're just finding out he didn't. He tried. He tried. And I understand why he didn't. Listen to this little news nugget that Adam Schefter dropped during his show. Song heroes of that defense, Christina, is Justin Matabuke. And Justin Matabuke on Sunday night had a half sack to give him double-digit sacks for the season. He timed this perfectly. Baltimore put on a press to sign him this summer. He rolled the dice. He bet on himself like Joe Flacco once did with the Baltimore Ravens. And like Joe Flacco winning, Justin Matabuki is in line to win. He's become one of the elite young defenders in the game. I believe he's on his way to the Pro Bowl this year. If he doesn't go to the Pro Bowl, it's a travesty. You can even make some conversation that he belongs in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation, which I don't think will win when you got guys like Miles Garrett and TJ Watt dominating play. But that's how good Justin Matabuki has been. He'll be a Pro Bowl player this year, I expect. He is a free agent this offseason. And I know he won't like to hear this, but I would think that the Baltimore Ravens can't let him go. And if they can't get him re-signed by then, they'll probably have to use their franchise tag on him. But that's a conversation for another day. Let's go on to a different. Okay, I don't even know where to start. First of all, just to get it out of the way, Justin Matabuke, I would love, love to poke fun at Adam Schefter right now. But regular listeners of this show, know that I have no place to make fun of somebody who butchers name pronunciation. I do it nearly on a daily basis, certainly on a weekly. And at this point, I don't know. I think you guys are just being nice and letting me get away with it. But yeah, like, and also let's be honest, if we weren't, uh, you, you know, Ravens fans, but we know how to pronounce Justin Matabike, I don't know. So I'm going to give grace because I would like to plead for plenty of mercy for all the times that I've mispronounced names. So Get that out of the way. All right. Now, it, Eric DaCosta and the Ravens, as he said, put on a press. I'm thinking full court press to sign Justin Matabike before he came out. They knew. They knew his breakout season was coming. I'm sure they tried to intercept it to get him at a somewhat discount rate. I'm sure they offered him, you know, good money. But I don't know as much as, like, every time he gets a sack, he's now the double digit. He now has double digit sacks. First time since 2017. Who was that? Oh, Terrell Suggs. And every time he gets a sack, he's just like, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. Just <laughs> nonstop. So appreciate that EDC tried. He already had a fantastic offseason based off of what I just uh, read and reviewed there. There's probably more moves that I'm, I'm overlooking. But uh, yeah, Matabike is going to be expensive. Ravens already have a lot of expensive people under contract. Lamar Jackson, Roquan Smith, Marlon Humphrey. 
Ronnie Stanley. Um, so it would be tough, not impossible. There's also a lot of um, uh, that void money is going to come due. Remember, they pushed a lot of money down to try to clear space to, just in case somebody went after Lamar Jackson. Dummies. By the way, yesterday, a lot of people said, you know, teams didn't, I just need to say this because yesterday I said it was dumb that other teams didn't bite when he had the uh, non-exclusive franchise tag. And they said that nobody wanted to do it because Lamar, because the Ravens were just going to match it. I don't care. Look at these teams that are just suffering with four wins, five wins, six wins. Like you, you go out and do everything for somebody like Watson, but you don't even try Lamar, even with the threat of the Ravens matching. Ah, but, but I don't care. That was, that was dumb. Look at what, look what Lamar's doing. Look at this. Number one in the AFC. All right. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a franchise tag was used on him. That's a conversation, as Adam Schefter said, for uh, the offseason. But I feel like it's fine to bring up here during the bye. It's not going to be easy, but he's the one out of all the free agents. He's the one to me the Ravens should prioritize. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, next section here real quick. Oh my gosh, guys, I might actually get in close to 30 minutes today. This is awesome. So I've talked a little bit about Keaton Mitchell and him being signed. Really liked this tweet from, from Cole Jackson. This was after the Chargers uh, went over the Chargers. He said, this is no disrespect to Gus and his role. It will still be huge. But I think Mitchell is your 1A down the stretch with Gus at 1B. Let Mitchell wear them down before Gus the bus comes out on clinical downs and in the red zone and runs mofos over Mitchell in JK's role. Now, to be honest, um, not only do I agree with Cole, and again, there's caveats to this, right? Like, 
it's like he said, you, you make these decisions a little bit based on a, the situation you're in and b what the defense is, is doing. Right. So you don't just say, well, Mitchell has to get more snaps because we've decided he's RB one a now rather than one B, right? Like obviously you do it situationally. And if, and if, by the way, Gus gets a hot hand, you want to keep going with that. But generally speaking, I agree with this. Mitchell's Mitchell's the the uh, he just every time he touches the ball, he's young. He's got those fresh legs. He's fast. To me, he is one A. And to be honest, the Ravens just last week against the Chargers kind of already did this. Mitchell had forty six percent of the offensive snaps. Justice Hill was actually second at twenty eight percent. And then it was Gus Bus at 27%. So I think the Ravens are already kind of doing this. And the fact that the Ravens are still so good at running the football, despite losing JK week one, I just had to show this breakdown from Baldy on how the Ravens keep being able to just run, run, run over people. And by the way, Lamar's still a threat, obviously, but he's not running. It's not like it's 2019 again or 2018, right? Like it's, it's certainly, uh, I feel like there's more scrambles. That, uh, I feel like maybe the Chargers game, maybe it's a bad time to say, because the Chargers game, he did keep a couple of um, options and he kept it and ran. But it, I mean, the Ravens almost had 200 yards. They were three yards shy of it. Watch some of these lanes. Watch this from Lamar, from Justice Hill, from Keith Mitchell, from Gus. The Ravens run for another 200 yards, ho-hum. They lead the league in rushing. You have to prepare for so much, like the fake toss. You get the whole defense flowing, and Lamar basically gets untouched up the middle for eight yards. Then a pass play is called, and guys are turning a corner like Hollins up top, Tui Pelotu. They're literally tripping over themselves right here. They're laying on the ground as Lamar is basically just blowing by him. And then the reaction that you have to deal with these guys. Like, what in the world do we have to do? And then you just get solid play. The power game. Here comes Simpson and Ricard. All right, you got to deal with this. Power football. Boom. The wraparound by Ricard. And then the speed of Mitchell. He just seems to be able to turn a corner on everybody. And then Linderbaum right here and Simpson, they both get to the linebackers. Both linebackers are blocked. And then you get the speed and cutback ability of Justice Hill. There's just so much to defend. The outside zone stretch. Here it is. You can't run it any better than this. With a kid that has top flight speed and playmaking ability. Ravens are hard to stop. Oof. <laughs> those guys, those chargers with their heads back, just being like, what, what can we do? I mean, just the body language is so defeated. And that last one by Keaton Mitchell, he said, you can't run it. I mean, the way he just like zigged and zagged through those different holes and lanes and then he hits it and bursts through. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's RB1 material right there. And the fact that the Ravens already given him that much responsibility as a rookie when they're oftentimes very slow to give rookies, you know, trust like that, it, it says a lot. All right, let's get into some quick hits here. So can we, can we, as disappointing as it was, can we get behind Justin Tucker here? Can we get behind Justin Tucker? Um, listen, after his 44-yard miss against the Chargers, he dipped down to number two in terms of the most accurate kicker. 
He's now at 89.9%. And the Falcons, Young Hoku is now at 90%. Okay. So that's disappointing. But let's not forget who Justin Tucker is. There was a tweet here that says, it's, it's, I know he's not rookie, but Koo is better than than Tucker. This is somebody tweeted that to to Spencer, who I've obviously already um, highlighted here. And Spencer says, "Just stop." Koo has made three from fifty plus this year. Koo has never made a fifty-five yard field goal. Tucker has had two blocked, and he's and his misses are from further than Koo has ever made. Koo is elite. Tucker is Hall of Fame. Look. For sure, last Sunday seemed like the operation was rushed. Got to figure out after these celebrations. Got to do your celebration. Get off. Let Tucker and his crew come in. They got to figure out the operation. As Harbaugh said, he was rushed. We just got to get him in a position where he's feeling good. And to be honest, I don't want to take timeouts because maybe celebrations are taking too long. Let's get the celebration. Let's get off. Let's get here and put, Although the field goal wasn't because of a celebration. That's those are those are extra points, but there was a delay a game, I believe, after that. So, but the operation has to be figured out. I believe in Tucker. Can't you guys just gotta move forward? He's still the best. He's still the best. Let's not get crazy here. All right. Next. Oh, I wanted to point this out. Let me enlarge this. Just because we've talked about challenges so much. Jeff Zrebeck in the athletic, he wrote a column today. He put together um, how John Harbaugh has done overall with his challenges for his career. He's 54 for 125. And that's according to pro football reference. So that's a 43% success rate. How does that compare? Is that good? Is that bad or whatever? So Jeff went and looked up the four other coaches currently in the AFC North. Mike Tomlin has a 42% success rate. So 1% lower than John. Uh, The Bengals, Zach Taylor, he's at 34%. So nine percentage points lower than John Brown's Kevin Stefanski. He's a little bit higher up, but has way less. He's at 56%, but he's only had 16 challenges. So, um, you know, good percentage, but so, you know, just wanted to put out there that John isn't terrible at this challenge thing. They just got to, you know, I, I home field advantage definitely helps. I'll just put it that way. All right. This is unreal to me in New York. They're saying, They're doing it. Aaron Rodgers has entered his 21-day window to practice off of IR. This is bananas because they don't have a lot of wins. So Aaron's taking a risk. He is taking a risk to come back for a team. I mean, they're basically going to have to win out. And I don't know. I also kind of wonder, to be back this quickly, was the diagnosis correct? I mean, did the Achilles, maybe it's a partial tear. I have no idea, but this is crazy how quickly he's coming back. And to me, it seems like a risk given where they are, but what are you, what are you going to do? All right. Meanwhile, in other quarterback news. So, uh, out in the Browns DTR is in concussion protocol. So the question is, is Joe Flacco going to start this Sunday? So Zach Jackson, who covers the Browns, we've had him on this show before. He said that Kevin Stefanski isn't going to announce it, but he says, I'm, I'm guessing that the Browns will go with Joe Flacco and maybe be as part of a like committee approach. I've seen other columnists in the Browns say, even if DTR is cleared concussion wise, they think they should go with Joe Flacco. So um, we know in Baltimore better than anything, what December and January Joe looks like. So 
I don't know that that would be a bad decision in um, Cleveland. All right. So I wanted to share this. Saw this stat come up the other day for San Francisco 49ers, who I think are one of four teams who are very likely to win the Super Bowl. I think 49ers, Eagles, Ravens, um, Chiefs. I think one of those four is most likely to win the Super Bowl. There are other people who could, who could go on a run, but I think those are the four most likely. Well, as one of the teams that are unlikely, look at this stat. Under um, Shanahan, the 49ers are just one of 31 when trailing by three points entering the fourth quarter. These two teams meet on Christmas night. Ravens have given up a lot of leads in the fourth quarter. Ravens, if you can get a lead going into that fourth quarter of three points or more, these 49ers have only won one time out of 32 when trailing by three. So that's got to be a key of the game. Thinking, thinking ahead here. Happy birthday to Rashad Bateman. Wanted to put that out there. And then one last thing. Um, how much time do I have? Yeah, I'll just do one last thing. I, I never got to this. The court, like I said, the the um the uh assistant coaches spoke on Tuesday. I did get to things that T. Martin said. There were lots of other cool things, but I just want to put this out there. <laughs> this is secondary coach on Kyle Hamilton. I mean, I, I told you from the beginning in my, my first question in the beginning of the year, I told you that he was gonna be a pro pro uh pro pro type level player. Um, I mean, he does everything. I mean, he covers, he blitzes, tackles. Um, there's nothing that that, that can't, the kid can't do. Um, you know, a lot of things that people don't realize, realize about him is, you know, don't let the baby face fool you. He'll try to rip your face off. I mean, he's, he's, he's a great player. Don't let the baby face fool you. He'll rip your face off. I definitely think we've seen that. We've watched film this week. He has been lights out, lights out. All right, well, that will do it for me today. I want to thank everybody for supporting the Valdar channel wherever you are. If you are out there watching on YouTube, please click subscribe. If you're on audio only, uh, please subscribe there. Leave a review. Give us a rating. Help expand our reach. I uh, want to thank our patrons. Uh, we'll get more specific names once Bobby's back in the loop. But thank you to all those that are supporting us there. And then once again, we want to thank our sponsor, G-E-H-A. That concludes this Thursday morning Ravens Vault. By the way, I would like to do a little bit of a mailbag. A little bit of a mailbag. So please reach out to us. We're um, VaultsporeRavensVault at gmail.com. This is a great time during the buy to do a mailbag to get to it maybe Monday morning or whatnot. So if you have any questions, state of the Ravens, how things are looking, I mean, I say halfway, but we're well beyond, but this is the bye week but kind of bye week questions as we go get ready for this December stretch. Send them to BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. Thank you to all of you supporting us. Bobby, I hope you're having a blast in Europe. I'll see you next time inside the vault.